Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel called to serve? I just did an interview with Brianna Pickens, and she talks about how she feels called to serve in her community of Columbus, Ohio, because the kids that she was working with in the public schools were not getting the high quality services that they deserved. So what did she do? She decided to start her own private practice. Stay tuned for this amazing interview. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. So before we dive in, can you please introduce yourself and share your name, your location, and also the name of your private practice? Absolutely. My name is Brianna Pickens. I am in Columbus, Ohio, and the name of my private practice is called the Speech and Career Center. Oh, I am so excited to be chatting with you today. Um, before we kind of learn more about what your private practice is like right now, can you take us back down, you know, memory road a little bit and tell us like, how did you get started as an SLP and what were your early days of practice like? Sure thing. So I started um, my studies at the University of Akron. Uh, I completed both my bachelor's and my master's degree there. Um, upon graduating from my graduate program, I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. And ironically, my first job was with a small private practice. No way. Um, I know, right? And so um, I worked there for two years. I was primarily located in the schools. Um, the private practice that I work with had several contracts. So I worked in the schools. And then during summer breaks, I would go to our clinic and I um, saw some kiddos and outpatient. I did a little bit of work at skilled nursing facilities. Um, so I was a little, I got to experience a little bit of everywhere, but like I said, I was primarily in the schools. So I spent two years there and then I moved to Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I worked for a large suburban school district, um, for four years. Um, and I worked at one of the two high schools. Um, and so adolescence, that was new for me because I was used to the little ones 
Um, so that was definitely an adjustment, but I fell in love with those kids. Nice. They're still kids. They're high school kids. They're big kids, but they're still kids at the end of the day. Um, and they were wonderful. Um, I, it was a cross-categorical caseload. So I had three multiple disability units, two intellectual disability units. Um, I saw a few kids in our um, emotional disturbance units. And then I had kids who were um, had specific learning disabilities and then um, a couple speech-only kids. So as you can imagine, I had quite the caseload. It was very large. Um, I saw almost 80 kids my first two years. Um, the last two years I was in the district, I had over 80 kids, so I had to get some help. So I had a little bit of help the past couple of years. Well, that's fabulous. So it sounds mm -hmm. like you like started in a private practice, mm -hmm. but was mostly in schools. Mm -hmm. Then you did some more schools. And so at what point did you start to think, maybe it was because of this crazy caseload, I don't know. But at what point did you start to think, hmm, I'm going to think about private practice now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that you asked that. So um, it was partly because of the caseload size. You know, I think it was like that entrepreneurial bug biting me. Um, Tell us, how did you get bitten by the entrepreneurial bug? So, and it started before I could actually, before I even understood it. And that was back when I had moved to Cincinnati and I started working. I can remember calling my mother and I said, mom, so am I supposed to get up and like go to work every single day for like the next 35 years? And her response was, yep, welcome to the real world. Um, so it was, and I had called her because in that moment as I was driving to work, while I loved my job, I loved the kids, um, I was just uncomfortable. I don't know. It, it felt mm -hmm. weird in a sense. And I couldn't, you know, pinpoint what was going on. So I put my head down and I worked. Yeah. Um, and then I said, oh, I want to be in the school so I can have my breaks and stuff. So I, I did that and then along came that feeling on top mm -hmm. of having those, that large caseload, the paperwork was insane. I spent a lot of time outside of work, working at home, you know, working late then getting up early to write those ETRs and IEPs. Um, I did my best to serve my, the students on my caseload, um, but I didn't always feel effective because I was just serving such a large number of students, you know, there were kids that I, I felt should have, you know, if I could see them two days a week or even three days a week, I know we could push past this challenge. But, you know, it's the way the schools work. That's just impossible when you're serving a caseload of 80. And so I just got uncomfortable. I wasn't okay with that. And when I kind of expressed my concerns to um, my um, leaders um, within my department, um, they did their very best to support me. Um, but it just came down to, and, and I remember the exact words um, from one of my colleagues, and it was just, hey, we're, we're, this is a public school, and we offer Chevys, not Cadillacs. Um, mm -hmm. And I can remember sitting my, in my office, and I just felt defeated, you know? Yeah. I just felt defeated. And so that is when I just kind of started, um, and I should say that I am a follower of Christ. Um, and so I just started to kind of dig a little deeper, you know, because I, I didn't like that feeling. Um, and then one day I just got extremely uncomfortable. Um, and this went on for several months. So after fasting and praying, um, and I read a book called The Purpose Room, 
-hmm. it just came to me, you know, and, and, and God just revealed it to me that you need to start a private practice. I had no idea how I was going to do this. I never had a desire to start a private practice ever. Um, and I just got to it. I guess got to it from there. <laughs> I absolutely. So I love everything that you just said from, you know, getting bit by the bug early, but not really understanding why, right? That sounds like mm -hmm. it was planted mm -hmm. by somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Then you were trying to figure out how to serve these, these enormous, like crazy caseload that you had. And I really liked that you used the word uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. That you were feeling uncomfortable and it just wasn't kind of sitting well with you. You know, some people mm -hmm. use the word stuck. And then when they said that thing about the Chevys versus the Cadillacs, like those kids deserve Cadillacs. Absolutely. Right? And so mm -hmm. to deprive, you know, kids or anybody really of the services they need and to be okay with saying, you know what, we're going to give them subpar services and that's just how this is because it's a public school like now then you got wildly uncomfortable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and how wonderful that you were able to you know take these signs and you know you said you mentioned fasting and praying and then you were able to see a solution and see mm -hmm. a way to get those kids the Cadillacs mm -hmm. that they needed right Absolutely. so what happened next so then I got connected with you and it's, it's been two years. So I started, I didn't quit my job. Of course, I continued to work and I just started to do some research. And upon my research, I, I think maybe I put in, you know, Google, Dr. Google, um, speech therapy, private practice, how to start a private practice. And you came up um, and I saw that you had the group. So I immediately joined the group, the Facebook group. Um, SLP private practice. Um, and then I saw that you also had some products yeah. um, for clinicians who are interested in starting their own private practice. So then I purchased your ebook yeah. um, for the private practice beginners. Yeah, the guide. Yeah. The guide. Yes. Yeah. So I purchased that and I just started from there. And the one thing that you preached, which I really liked and made me feel good, like, okay, maybe this is something that I can take on. Because when you think about starting a private practice, that's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be extremely intimidating. But I love that you preached, just start with one, just one, just get one. And I'm like, okay, I can get one. So let me prepare. Let me, you know, get my ducks in a row you know, let me become official, become a business. And so I formed, formed my LLC. Um, I came up with a, a company name. I said, oh, I need a website. Um, what is my logo going to look like? All of that beginner stuff, right? To become a business. Um, so I did that. And then I said, okay, now how do I get that one client, that one client? And I used your guide to help me. I also purchased um, some of your webinars. Um, so I tuned into that. Uh, the group, is fabulous it is fantastic the foundation of my business has been built between your ebooks your webinars and the facebook group that support group is amazing and i really just want to stop and say i recommend if you are not a part of that facebook group slp private practice for beginners please please join it is truly a support 
Um, and I'm so thankful for that group even now. And that was two years ago that I joined. That's crazy. Oh, well, you were, you're so sweet. You can't see me blushing on this end. And the people who are listening can't see me blushing. But I love what I do. I am so lucky to have found like what I call a third calling, right? My first calling was to be a speech pathologist. Mm-hmm. And for me specifically, it was to help adults with neuro, with neuro issues, stroke, brain injuries, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I found a way to like help other private, pra- other SLPs start private practices and start my own private practice. Right. So that was kind of my, my second calling. And I've also had a really unique opportunity to do some teaching and some working with, with graduate students as a clinical instructor at Emerson College in Boston. So I've also been able to help with graduate students and their training. So I just, I love being able to feel like, you know, people have something they want, whether it's a client getting better or an SLP wanting to start a private practice or a graduate student wanting to become a speech pathologist and being able to take those things and help people find a path Mm -hmm. toward getting their dreams, Mm -hmm. right? But no matter what, people have to work for it. And so that's the difference between someone like you and other people who, you know, have bought my products or, or whatever, joined the group, is that you have to take that first step, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the whole, like, start with one was really transformational to you. So mm-hmm. how did you get that first private client? So prior to getting the first one, um, another part of just getting established as a practice was I wanted to be in network with insurance companies. Um, That was important for me because I wanted families to be able to use their benefits. Um, So I started um, the process, (laughs) which was um, initially intimidating, but it wasn't so bad once I got started. And I used, it was the fall of 2018. I spent that the entire fall getting in network with multiple insurance companies, um, Medical Mutual being one, Anthem, um, Medicaid, and then um, many of the managed care plans. Um, mm-hmm. So I did that. Then I started to do some marketing. Um, it, gosh, I'm trying to think back. So I used Facebook. Uh, one thing that was really good for me Cause I didn't, I use initially used like the Facebook ads, but it wasn't successful for me. Um, I used Google ads mm-hmm. and I got my first lead through a Google ad. Nice. Uh, nice. And, and even multiple after that, um, the Google ads are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got my a family called me up and they said, Hey, I was on Google. I Googled you. I found you on the internet. Um, are you, do you have any openings? Are you, you know, accepting new clients? And so that's how I earned my first family and they were a joy to work with. You're Um, like, well, yes, I do have openings. Absolutely. I'd be happy to serve you. I love saying that. That is really how I pick up my phone, you know, and that's the first thing that families say, are you taking any new kids? I have a kiddo who's in need. Absolutely. I would be happy to serve you because it, it truly is a pleasure to serve my my little friends, I call them, um, and their families. Um, and so I just continued to build um, with marketing. I made my own little video. My husband helped me with it, and I put it out there. And, you know, my family and friends helped to spread the word. People that I was connected to in the community helped to spread the word. I took, I made a, a flyer, my first flyer. I printed it, and I um, went around to the community, to early learning centers, and I passed them out. Um, 
I remember taking them to, uh, in, I took them to my neighborhood, <laughs> dropped them off. That wasn't the greatest idea, but I tried it. I realized, oh, this doesn't really work. Um, yeah, but you but never I, know. You never yeah, know, right? You could have had a neighbor who, like, was sisters with the special ed director at a school mm -hmm. or something, right? You never know. Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff sometimes doesn't pay off right away in a way that you can see, but you never, ever know who you're going to encounter, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just continue to do a lot of marketing. Like, I never stopped. Um, I, like I said, I've been at this for two years, and I have been diligently working at it. Um, as for me, I didn't take any breaks. Um, I understand that life gets in the way and sometimes we have to do those things. And, and by all means, if you have to do it, um, but I recommend if it's something that you, if someone is interested that once you get going, keep going, like keep mm -hmm. a steady pace. And I, I just went at it full force and I didn't stop. So I would oftentimes, cause I would, again, I was working my full-time job as I was building this. And then I also got pregnant um, throughout this as well. Um, and I continued to plug along. Um, and so what I would do is I would work and finish my um, schedule at three o'clock. And so when everyone was kind of like leaving the building and finishing up, I stayed for two hours, sometimes three hours, and I would just work at my desk. It was oftentimes calling the insurance companies to follow up about the status of my application, mm -hmm. um, figuring out different ways to market. I was researching early learning centers. Um, I was researching doctor's offices that I could connect to, um, just trying to figure out a way to get the word out there about my new private practice. So I spent at least three times a week. I was at my office doing work. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. And sowing those seeds, right? Planting the seeds that would then become like mm -hmm. referral sources, right? Mm -hmm. So that's so, exactly it. So so keep keep on with your story. So you're you're at your desk, you're like nose to the grindstone, figuring out how to get credentialed with these insurance companies and get these mm -hmm. first clients and set up Google AdWords, website, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So what happened next? So um Again, as I mentioned, I was pregnant, um, mm -hmm. so I worked until I think the day before I delivered, um, and then I took an extended uh, maternity leave, and so during that time while I was caring for my newborn, um, I was still building my business. Nice. I was still building my business, so I mean, I, you know, and another thing that I've done, and I encourage people to do this, is I would take pictures of my journey. So, mm -hmm. like, I took a picture when I first opened up my business account, and <laughs> my husband sold $100 into my business, and I took that money. Yeah, I took a picture, and then, you know, put that money in, in the account, and, and I just took pictures along the way. I worked out of my trunk for the longest. I took a picture of my therapy materials in my trunk because I was a mobile therapist. Yeah. Um, so I took pictures of Brenna, who's my baby. She's 15 months now, but at the time she was a newborn and I took a picture of her on my bed. She was swaddled laying on my bed. My computer was on the bed and paperwork and I was getting after it. Um, so I didn't stop. I, my, the goal was to use that time to continue to build. Fast forward to that summer. So I, I returned to work for the last like month and a half. And then along came summer break. And so I used that time to continue to grow and build. At that point, I probably had about, I would say 
um, five to ten clients, maybe. That's pretty um, good. Yeah, and I would just see them after school um, when I when I would finish at work. So summer came and I continued to build. Um, I was in the process of earning a contract with a charter school mm-hmm. that was actually right in my neighborhood. It's crazy. Um, and so at that point, I had to make a decision. Okay. Um, so here we were again, you know, here we are again, and I'm trying to figure out, do I go back to work or do I resign and jump into my business full time? Um, so again, you know, my business is, um, rooted and grounded in the Lord. So I had to go back to him and I prayed like, am I, is this what you want me to do? I also talked to my husband and we got out a big dry erase board. And we crunched the numbers, you know, I wanted to look at the streams of income that I had coming in through my business and the potential streams of income that I could have, one being this charter school Mm -hmm. um, that I was going to sign with, hopefully. But if I went back to work, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have that. So I had to make a decision. So we took a leap of faith and I wrote a nice letter to my district because I love that district and I still do their family. Um, but I had to do this for myself and for my family. So I resigned. I ended up earning the contract um, with the charter school and I'm actually going to be renewing with them. Um, and my business has grown has it has taken off. Um, I get regular um, incoming calls for, from families looking for services. I have five partnerships with early learning centers. I have the one um, charter school contract that I mentioned. Um, And so I also have um, a contract with Help Me Grow um, Mm -hmm. and a couple other streams that I'm drawing a blank on at the moment. Um, But I've generated quite a few streams of income. And so it's I'm I'm doing well. And I should mention that I have been a home and community based private practice up until now, up until May 1st. Um, Wow. So at that point, I was growing and it was just becoming a lot to travel. Yeah. um, You know, throughout the city, it was just a lot. Um, And I felt like I wanted to serve more, you know, I had to stop accepting new families because Mm -hmm. I just couldn't take on any more. So again, I had to make another decision. Um, And so I looked around initially at, you know, buildings, but they were just out of my price point, out of my budget. So I continued to drive. And, and when I tell you that God told me to start this business. And so every leap of faith that I have been taking, he has been honoring that. He has been opening doors um, and opportunities because I am doing what he told me to do. And so he's honoring my obedience because I'm working for him. And that is truly how I feel. Um, It is nothing that I shy away from. Um, I'm very open about talking about my faith and how it is so much connected to this journey of private practice that I am on. Um, And so I kept driving because I'm like, I I can't find a building that's, you know, within my budget. Mm -hmm. And do you know, one day I was, you know, I was driving and I pulled up to the corner of my home. I turned to my left and there was a sign that said, 
office lease, um, office space for lease. And I said, what? In your neighborhood? In my neighborhood. So there is an animal hospital down the street from my home. What? That's like, awesome. I could, I could walk to work, but there aren't any sidewalks on that main road. But it is literally um, it's less than five minutes from my house. So I called, long story short, I called. Um, the property manager got back to me right away. I went in to look at it. It's a two office suite. And when I walked in, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Like, is this my space? Is this my space? But I wasn't sure, you know, if I should move forward because I crunched the numbers and it was something that I definitely could afford. But I thought, I, I can't furnish this place. You know, that's not within the budget. How am I going to do that? Um, and so I kept driving. <laughs> I kept driving. I said, you know, I really like the space, but it's just not for me at this time. He said, well, nobody's interested. So if you want it, you know, please give me a call back. And so probably a couple weeks later, after doing more thinking, I called him back. Again, I went back to my, you know, praying and fasting um, and just waiting to hear from God. Um, but it came down to, I just had to take a leap. You know, I just mm -hmm. had to take another leap. And that's exactly what I did. And that place is furnished. The both, the, I have a, the front room is my office where I do all my paperwork and all that good stuff. And then I have a therapy room where I provide my services to my families. Um, and this is brand new. Right. This is brand new. I just opened. My grand opening was May 1st. Oh my goodness. And it's May 5th. Today's like your grand opening was last week. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. fantastic timing. Well, yeah. that is incredible. I love just your, your, um, your, your journey to this whole thing. Like you said, mm -hmm. every single time that you have been at a crossroads, you know, you've, you've, you know, prayed and fasted and you thought about like, okay, what should I do? Right. And you're just so willing and open to, you know, look for signs and look for messages and then, but then take action on it and trust that mm -hmm. everything will work out because mm -hmm. I'm also a believer in, um, thinking that, you know, when, when you're ready for something, like you have to articulate that mm -hmm. and you know, who we articulate that to may vary, but before, like, in order to, to receive, you kind of have to put it out there that you're ready to give, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so you are, are growing this practice and giving the families in your area and the kids in your area the resources that they need to, you know, be successful in their lives or to make progress with, you know, delays or whatever their issues are. And I think that this is a wonderful story of someone who has taken these signs and taken action mm -hmm. on making every single thing happen. I am so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I love it. Thank so, you. so what's your plan going forward? Tell us, you just moved into the space. You even have furniture and it's mm -hmm. down the street from your house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my <laughs> families are happy. They love it. Nice. Um, so the plan is to continue to grow and so like I said now that I have this space it has opened up you know more um time and availability to see more families so um I have my spring schedule I call it um that's full mm -hmm. and then I have some openings going into June and so I've been doing a lot of marketing 
um, just to get the word out there to the community about this new space. Um, I connected with the doctor's office in my neighborhood and um, the dental office as well that's in my neighborhood. Um, so I've been communicating with them. Um, I've connected with some mom groups via social media. I did that the, the very first week or the week before I opened and I earned two new families um, that I'm working with. So it's been fantastic. Um, and I oftentimes when families call me, they tell me that, um, you know, I've been on a waiting list um, for four or five months and mm -hmm. my child is not talking and we really need to get them in. Are you available? And I love it that I can tell them, yes, I am available. I'm happy to serve you. Um, and so my, you know, the, the saying that I've been using a lot lately is I want to get families off of waiting lists. I want to get them off of waiting lists. Um, and so myself, along with many of my colleagues and other private practices in my area, we have linked up and teamed up and we created this therapy resource guide for families. And we um, organized it by the areas within our city. Um, and then we listed each private practice, their logo, um, email, a contact number, um, whether or not, you know, we're a clinic or we travel. Um, and not only am I marketing my company, but I'm also helping to get the word out there to the community about other private practices in the area who are too available and ready to serve. That is so important. You know, I believe that God is going to send me the families that he's assigned me to, but I also want to make sure that whomever is in need finds a provider that fits their family, that fits the need of needs of their child or loved one. Um, and so this guide is like, has been super helpful. I've sent it out to every contact that I know of, um, school-based therapists, because we really just, that's the thing. We, we want to get the word out there to families that we're here and we're ready to help. We don't want them to wait. These are precious years. Their brains are very pliable right now. And we want to get them the services that they need right now, sooner than later. You're trying to give these kids rides and Cadillacs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so let's, let's just, I gotta, I gotta talk about this because this is incredible. You and other therapists who would also mm -hmm. be known in to some people as competitors, mm -hmm. right. Or competition. You guys are working together to create a document that is going to help the families in your area get off wait lists. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you that it is terrible to keep people on wait lists for forever, especially kids. I mean, everybody, but especially mm -hmm. kids who are in, you know, really critical developmental years. Mm -hmm. And so what you guys are doing is you're practicing an abundance mindset Mm -hmm. versus a scarcity mindset where we got to keep all everybody on this wait list and they're all for us and right but instead you guys are thinking like okay no we all want to help our community and we all want to help each other and we can all work together to just be the best that we can all be for these kids absolutely um you know you preach this a lot collaboration yeah. over competition and that is something that is a mindset that we have as well here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, we want to help as many families as we can. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're stronger in large numbers than individually as a, as a, as a solo practice. So 
it's, it's great. The it's it has nice colors of all the private practices and their logos. I mean, I feel so proud to like share it, you know, like yeah. here's a guide, share this. Where where are you located? Oh, you're in Grove City. Okay, check out her. Nice. Call her up. I love doing that. I mean, it feels so good. And then to and then the families feel good. They get a you can see and hear a sense of relief, you know, like okay, we have a lead to this this problem. You know, there's a possible solution you know, to our problem, to our concern. And that, and that's what it's all about. Well, and for all you know, they've been wishing, hoping, praying for something like that to come into their lives, right? Because whenever, they, whenever you're stuck on a wait list, like you just feel like you don't have any power, right? No. So, no. so also what you're doing is that you're empowering these families to make decisions that are going to be good for their child, but also good for them, right? Like I'm not... I don't know how big, you know, the Columbus, Ohio area is, but, you know, parents work and parents are doing all these things and they want to be seen in their own community as best as they can. So I think that, I mean, kudos to you guys for creating this list and sharing it and having this abundance versus scarcity mindset, because mm -hmm. you're really going to go a lot further in terms of service to these families by having that mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I encourage all of your listeners um, to connect with their, their other private practices in their area and do the same thing. I mean, it's amazing. Um, it's so beneficial to families. And it's also beneficial to us as a, as a whole, as, as a practice. Um, so it's just, it's just helpful for everyone. I love it. So before we wrap up, is there any other like lessons that you've learned or things that you'd like to share with the listeners? Because we have people who are at the very beginning stages of private practice. And then we also have established private practitioners who are like loving listening to how other people are doing things. So any other pieces of advice for people? Um, I would per se don't give up. Um, and really take on, especially if you're new at this, if you're just thinking about diving into private practice, um, just get one. That is so, so important because as I mentioned um, earlier, it's overwhelming, you know? Um, it's overwhelming to think about a private practice. Oh my gosh, that's so much work. How would I even, that sounds impossible, but it is not impossible. Yes. You can do it, just start with one. So begin to establish yourself as a business. So figure out if you're going to be a S corp or a C corp or an LLC, um, come up with, um, a, a, the name of your, your private practice and the population that you want to serve. Um, do you want to be a cash pay practice? Do you mm -hmm. want to, um, be cash pay and insurance? Um, you know, start to just establish yourself, take advantage of the SOP private practice group. Um, along with many of your products um, that can really help to elevate and advance um, your practice. It's, it's, you can't do this alone. You can't. Um, you, you and, and so that support group in, in it of itself is going to be a great help. So I would just say, don't give up. It's going to get hard. You will hit roadblocks, but that is okay. That doesn't mean that you're not supposed to do it or you're not able to do it. You have to push past it. I, I was there. I'm still there. You know, I still hit roadblocks, but I am not giving up. And you know why? Because there are children out there who are connected to my obedience. And I truly, truly believe that if I didn't step out 
and say, I'm going to build this private practice. I don't know where these 30 plus families that I'm seeing right now, where they would be. They might be on a waiting list. You know, they might be jumping around from provider to provider or, or something's not working out, you know, because I wasn't obedient to the calling that God placed on my life. So yes. keep going because there are families that are praying. They are praying for a breakthrough. They're praying for a provider. They're praying for a practice that's closer to their home so that they don't have to travel 30 plus minutes for therapy. Um, and so you're needed. You're needed. So you have to keep going left foot, right foot. I love it. <laughs> that is the perfect note to end on you guys. Listen to what she said. Um, two years into this and completely established and have your first office space. And like I said, I am so proud of you. And it's been really fun to watch your journey over the last two years. And I cannot wait. I still feel like you're just getting going. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jenna. And, and you've got this, you know, your, your daughter, and I'm sure you want to be, you know, showing her what it's like to be, you know, a strong woman who has a business and is providing, you know, for your family and for your community and everything else. So mm -hmm. anyway, I'm just, thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And again, just keep going because there is more in store for you. I love how you said that you're ready to serve and you have more people to serve and um, I'm just so proud of you for doing all of this. Thank you. All right. Well, we will be in touch. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is business skills can be learned and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time and yes make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I wanna teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com. Click start or grow and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.